welcome to the first and ten Chargers podcast, part of the the, uh, the first and ten network. Sorry, I'm kind of giggling already at the thought of talking about Sunday's game. Nervous laughter. Um, me and Ash were just talking a bit before coming on. Not really going to touch on the Titans game too much, as it's a bit too bit too close to the bone at this point in the season. Uh, pretty down about this season already, unfortunately, which is kind of unexpected and a bit sad. Uh, but yeah, I'll bring Ash in. Ash, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, bud. How's you? All right? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, obviously, <laughs> don't really want to talk about the Chargers too much at this point. Just getting over Sunday, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I'm lacking enthusiasm a little bit. But obviously, we'll make it a good pod nonetheless. We'll kind of focus on other things. We'll kind of look to the future a little bit and kind of reshape the roster how we want to do. So what we're going to do today, obviously, like we say, we're going to touch on the, the Titans game. And we're going to then look forward to the future and kind of give the players that we want caught or we think will get caught and uh, work through the roster a little bit to kind of reshape it. We'll obviously, have Ash's trade target of the week, which is a really nice uh, weekly feature that we've got. Obviously, that's the last one before the October 29th deadline uh, for trades in the NFL. And then we'll move on to looking ahead to Chicago. Um, so, yeah, Ash, Sunday, um, I, you were telling me just before we came on that you've got a few positives. But before we get into that, like, let's just touch very briefly on the negatives. It's just the same old story, unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, negative-wise. I mean, the run game, again, like we keep saying, it's just so it was atrocious. I mean, mm. it's kind of a regular thing now. I mean, our yards per carry is 1.9. <laughs> I'm <laughs> dropping. It seems to be getting lower. Yeah, yeah, it's not great, is it? Um, I mean, I just I feel like they're just force-feeding the Melvin the ball. Been, sorry, mate. No, I was just saying that yeah, just exactly. force feed and Melvin the ball. I think obviously we'll come on to the, the sort of end of the game and things like that. I think it's indicative of I'm trying to do that, just like jumpstart him and think a little bit. Yep. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, the balance really is is all off at the moment. Offensively, we lack a bit of excitement and invention. Um, we're not getting our best players in, in space at all. Um, it's something we're finding really impossible to do at the moment. And, and the same defensively, really. Bradley has he's taken the loss with the Pats. In the playoffs last year, like you said a few weeks ago, and try to turn the defense on its head a bit mm. to counteract the problems, and it's just everyone they don't all the players don't really know what they're doing now. Um, I mean, I don't know why he's done that. I mean, like you said last against the Pats, I know there was a, a lot of things we did wrong in that game, but I thought the defense was on an up curve. I mean, mm. I can't believe that we're dramatic. We're so dramatically bad on defense from last year. Um, I mean, I can't, it can't simply be Derwin James being out. I know he's <laughs> yeah. a massive, a massive, yeah. massive player for us, but it seems like our defence has literally flipped on its head. Um, so, I mean, the balance really at the moment is just way off. Yes, no, it is definitely. And then obviously we'll come on to the end of the game. And, you know, as a Chargers fan, obviously you get all the jokes and things like that about Charger in, and it's even like people in the mainstream media, and it's kind of embarrassing. And but you kind of you can't really say anything against it because obviously this team, yeah. you know, maybe not so much last year, but you know, this year certainly towards the end of the games as as you know, we we've we've won obviously against Indianapolis and things like that. But, you know, we've got the Lions game where we threw it away, we've got the Broncos game where we should have won, we've got this game now, and it's just these kind of poor losses are racking up and it's just like, you know, the start of Lynn's tenure and uh, the end of Mike McCoy as well. It's just feeling like those two eras again and it's not it's yeah. not great as obviously he's a fan and I'm feeling really deflated about this season so far. Yeah, I mean, this I mean, this season really has just been a lack of grit and conviction, really, with play calling and with players as well. Like, you sort of, like you said, we, we built this season up as one thing that we mm. were going to try. It was going to be an improvement on last year. We're going to get everyone fit. Obviously, injuries have piled, piled up. And it's sort of mentality-wise, I think that's hit home quite a lot. 
and other teams can de- uh, dealt with that. Mm, We're yeah. just one, one of them teams that can't deal with that. So when, once injuries start hitting, we, our, our morale goes down. And like you said, with, if you had a if you had a play caller that was a little bit more inventive, another sort of like Wisdom Hunt, that maybe you can get you can sort of mark over them injuries that we've had. Maybe mm. try and get other players the ball or clever ways to get other people in. But because it's Wizard Hunt, it's it's same old, same old. And when he loses players, it's just that we go back to this boring predictability sort of offence. Mm. And at the moment, really, it's, it's just not working. Yeah, it's very safe, isn't it? And, you know, when you're playing safe with players that aren't as talented as the starters, then it, the opposite becomes quite difficult. I suppose just just yeah. sort of tailing onto the injuries and kind of moving into the sort of more positives, or if we can sort of find a few, and I know you've got a few noted down. One positive, obviously, coming out of this game towards the Chicago game is that Russell Okuma is going to be playing next week, which is obviously yeah. a great boost for the offensive line, great boost for the whole team. And hopefully that will sort of boost that unit a little bit more and feel like have a little bit more time to yeah. let the players yeah, develop. as what we said. It the... needs some leadership on that line. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it comes at a cost, obviously, because Forest Lamp is now an IR with a broken ankle. So, yeah. you know, you win some and you lose some, and it always seems to be <laughs> yeah. the Chargers in their it injuries. Well, yeah. Obviously, we'll move, on. we'll move on to your sort of positives for the, the game on Sunday. Um, you know, I'm really surprised that you've managed to find some, but go on, hit us with them. Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, it's, then it's, there's not a whole long list. I mean, it was, <laughs> Rivers was back to playing pretty well. I mean, yeah, I had a shaky first quarter, but then after that, some solid, solid throws on the good intermediate routes. Um, so I think the chemistry with Hunter is, is a real positive. So yes. I'd probably say that's probably our biggest positive from the weekend. Hunter, again, our best player on PFF grade. So it's really good to have him back and fire on all cylinders. Um, I thought Eckler used as a wideout was a nice touch. Mm. Um, obviously, he got a lot of catches at the weekend. Um, so it was obviously nice to see him um, back. I think the week before they were they were trying to get involved, but this week they've got him back into the lineup again, getting more involved. And even as a wideout, it was nice to just see him back on the field after the week before because they they dropped his snaps a few weeks before. So it was good to see him back. And I, I, the last positive really is Bosa. I mean, the man is is he's too good. Mm. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, definitely. Uh, our, basically, our whole uh, ethos of this. Uh, End of this season really should be to tie that man up. I mean, we need to. That's probably if there's one good thing to come out of the season. Hopefully, we can get that done. Yeah, hopefully it's new Jogos playing 16 games, playing well, getting a lot of production. And even when he's not getting production, like I think we mentioned against Detroit, he I don't think he got a sack in that game, but he played very, very well. Played very well against yeah. the run, and he's been playing very well against them on the whole season so far. And you know, he's yeah. got a bit of production as well. And that's without Melvin Ingram on the other side to kind yeah. of help that. But um, you know, Jenner knows who. Has played very well, and I think we saw a little bit of you know a few flashes from Cotters Broughton and uh, Jerry Taylor around the weekend that we hadn't seen before, which yeah. is nice. But yeah, no, I think that's going to sort of come into our next section quite nicely. But yeah, like you say, I think one of the things that we need to kind of do is just lock both up early. I think quite a lot of fans are kind of thinking back to when he first sort of came to the team and obviously how his rookie contract negotiation went, and I think they're a bit fearful of it. But yeah. I think, yeah, if you've got any sense, then you just need to give him. A big deal, uh, lock him up, probably make him one of the top, if not the top, you know, defensive end in terms of um, their pay, and just yeah. 
make sure that he's, you know, the cornerstone of your defence alongside Derwin James. So you need to make sure that he's sort of locked down for a long, long time. And um, yeah. yeah, I think if there's any sort of funny business that goes on, if there's anything else that goes on that means he doesn't sign the contract and, you know, we've got another sort of Melvin Gordon situation on our hands, then it's, you know, it's all, all hell's going to break loose, I would say. Yeah, definitely. So obviously with um, with sort of contracts, so that's what is what we're going to sort of talk about. We're going to sort of look ahead to 2020, um, sort of go through the roster, go through you know with the contracts what sort of players that we think will or should be cut in our opinion and let go as the Chargers rebuild. So obviously after a, a season that we're probably looking at you know five wins, six wins at the very very most, um, it's going to require a little bit of a rebuild. Obviously with the money being required for both of them, we're going to have to free up some cash. Um, so I was just going to say, Ash, who you know gives you players that you think are sort of done after this year, straight off the bat? Um, well, twenty twenty cap wise, I think that leading off on the who will probably get cut or moved probably would be Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think he's done. Isn't he's it? Also <laughs> looking, I think so. Yeah, um, Russell Okun next year is on a sixteen million cap number. Mm. Um, but it's only two and a half million dead money so I know like you said it's, it'd be good to have him back but if you're kind of looking at forward thinking trying to get more cap in trying to get Bosa deal done getting Rivers back through the door you're going to have to cut somewhere and Okun's cap is huge for one mm. week um, for sort of I mean he passed his prime now if we were getting the Okun that was at the Seahawks then fair enough you'd be saying 16 million is snip mm-hmm. but I personally think that you can spend that money elsewhere um, so probably Okun for me would be another one um, and I don't think that it's really working out with Thomas Davis I think that like you said last week I don't think they work well together him and Perriman I think mm-hmm. that it was it was a nice try but we can find his cap number next year is 7, 7.2 and uh, again it's only 2 million dead money so you can clear Basically, you could clear with Okun and Davis, you could clear 18 and a, just over 18 and a half million mm. um, off the cap, and you're only swallowing about four yeah. in dead yeah. money. So I think, I think as as prime players go, candidate-wise for moving on from Gordon, Okun, and Davis would be three would be three that I'd say that we really do need to move from. I could, yeah, I can go along with a couple of those. I can go along with Melvin Gordon. I still, you know, think Melvin's a good player, and obviously he made a mistake at the end of the game, and he didn't have a great game at all on Sunday. I still think he's a good player, um, but obviously I think the bridge has been burnt with him, and he has him and how his contract negotiation has gone this season. I don't think there's any way back from that, so I think he's gone. Um, I would, yeah, I would go along with uh, Thomas Davis as well. See, it's not like you say, it's not worked, and I think we've been quite vocal about that for both of us. And I'd just like to see a lot of youth sort of injected into that linebacking core. Yeah. You know, we've got Drew Tranquil who looks good. Um, you know, we've got uh, Kaiser White who also looks good. You know, Phillips might come back and he might play the linebacker position as well. Yeah. And, you know, we've got the draft coming up as well where you can get another one. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, no, I can go along with that. The only thing I would say about Russell Okun is um, obviously he, if he comes back and he plays well, Means you anchor if you left, you know, if you left side of the line, and you know, yeah, if, if we let I mean, him go, then are we getting Trent Scott back in there, or we're we gonna have to draft yeah. someone, you know? And you know, we're saying that's I mean, target anyway, but yeah, getting back on a cheaper price. I mean, if you can get him back <laughs> up for less than 16, maybe they redo his contract, give him, like I said, maybe like a more of a roster bonus, and then reduce a few things for 
that wise, maybe that we can, it might be sensible to have him back. But obviously, it's going to come down, like you said, to the rest of the season. I mean, if, if he comes into that offensive line and it's still really not working and he doesn't look like himself, then then it's worth the cut. Obviously, mm. if he comes back and it's, he starts putting a stellar performance, the O-line starts clicking a bit more, then maybe you think, oh, well, hang on a minute, we'll, we'll keep him on board. Yeah. But I think that, like you said, maybe that's just one that we'll look at down the line when it's coming closer to the end of the season and see actually what he brought back to the team once since he's come back. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I guess to kind of go any further on that, I'm looking at um, underperforming veterans. And for me, that boils down to Travis Benjamin. Um, I think he's, he's got to go. I think I've said yeah. that point in other circles for the last couple of years. Yeah. I think, um, just looking down the list, I think Jalen Watkins probably go, obviously, he was injured his first season. He's not made any plays this season. And, you know, I'm probably looking for us to get a corner in, in, the, next, um, in the next draft. I know he can play a bit of safety yeah. as well. So we can find people like that later in the draft. That's fine. I think Nick, yeah. Nick Zubna, should have, he should have been long gone. And, um, you know, I think we spoke about it last week, Javis Brown is probably on his way as well. And then to yeah. add into that, I think Michael Schofield could be on his way. You know, he's he's not performing to the best visibility. You know, when he came in, he was sort of a league average sort of starter. And I think we're seeing below that now. And I think we just need to completely rebuild that um, offensive line. And I think he could be yeah. a casual of that as well. I think Schofield, Schofield's a free agent this year. Anyway. He is, yeah. Those yeah. All those guys that I've just mentioned, all their contracts yeah. are up. So obviously there's no dead money. It's just, you know, yeah. waving them out the door. Um, yeah. I think we have a club option on Travis Benjamin, but I yeah, I think but I think Benjamin is with <laughs> one and a half uh, dead money for next year, but that's it. I think that's that's fine. <laughs> if I if I could, yeah. I'd pay that myself. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> nice money to give away to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think yeah, just just sort of refreshing, and these are sort of depth guys. A lot of these guys, you know, and yeah. um, I mean, you could kind of you know if you if you sort of. Um, Looking at Melvin Gordon and he, what he sort of wanted, you know, we we do have an exclusive. No, sorry, we have a restricted free agent, uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah, you know, you could you could tie him up early. You could get in there before he has another great season next year, and he'll want another big number the next yeah. year. I mean, they'll probably won't do that. Tom Sesko, if he's still a GM after this season, he'll probably want to lowball him. He'll probably bring him back, um, probably put a tender on him and, and bring him back at a low offer before having to make his his new deal. Um, but yeah, no, I think they're they're the definite ones that I would definitely cut. Um, there's just a couple of players that I do yeah. want to sort of discuss while we're sort of going into the contracts, things like that. Yeah. Obviously, I think we mentioned last week with Philip Rivers and his contract. Um, would you would you redo it, or would you kind of draft a quarterback and uh, kind of usher in a new era? Um, if you're saying we win, say four or five games, you're looking at probably top ten. So then, then it comes down to will the Chargers give up anything to get into the top five? Mm. Um, I personally think that they wouldn't go go that way. Um, but, I mean, it, depending on, like you said, if if the right man's there, if they're going to be switching offensive coordinators or coaching staff, if, if it's if it's still Lynn, I think that they stay with Rivers. If, mm, if yeah. they change coaches, then I think that, like you said, could, there is a possibility that, that we could, if we're picking in the top 10 anyway, mm. that it might be the year that we, we go up. Yeah, it's it sort of if you, you sort of go down the route of you're then not going to be looking at getting an offensive lineman in the top two rounds. Are you going to get a corner? Are you going to be so you're you looking at a cornerback in the third now? It's not really as premier that sort of them sort of round. So, like you said, because we there's a, a lot of issues to address on on both sides of the ball. There's so many which ways we can 
go in the first, second round of the draft. I think that once if they establish are they keeping Rivers, that will then have a knock-on effect of who we target. So if you're going to keep Rivers, then really you've got to keep them upright. So then offensive line really is priority number one. If you're going to say that Rivers isn't going to be there next year, then you're looking at QB corner mm. as priorities. So it, it, like you said, it, there's there's ways and means of if we have if we have the coach, if we have Lynn in charge next year, then it, it, I think that Rivers stays. And if we can get him on a cap-friendly deal like like Brady, mm. then I think that, that that's one way you can look at it. If if he's not there, then I think the quarterback might be a, a position that you look for in the first round. Yeah, sure. No, I'll go along with that. I think the other thing that I would kind of mention is if obviously we're picking in top ten or you know in that range, I think it's time to strike because we're not going to get in the top ten again possibly. And then yeah. you know you kind of then picking not a premier corner, so a quarterback. Which obviously is difficult, you know, if you're trying to rebuild with a, I don't know, not a, not a top guy in that that specific draft, whichever you want. So I think that's something to consider as well. I wanted to yeah. bring on a, a, sort of another player into this conversation as well, and that's Melvin Ingram. He's obviously yeah. got a big cap hit as well, and we can kind of yeah. let him go for very little dead cap. I think it's like two point six million. Now, obviously, yeah. Melvin Ingram's a good player. I'm not trying to say he's not. I'm not trying to say that he should be caught up by any means. I'm just kind of saying that obviously we can make quite a big saving. We've got yeah. Echeni Nwosu, who is playing very well in his absence. He's obviously a lot younger, a lot cheaper. Do you think Melvin Ingram will be a, a cut candidate come the summer? I don't think they'll cut him. Um, I think that they might be picking the phone up to see if anyone's interested. Um, I think that you can't have enough pass rushes in the NFL. No, I think very, the very more true. pass rushes you have, the better. I think that's one of the premier positions um, Certainly. to have. And I think that although he's... I think he's 30 or he's pushing 30. I think that even though, like you said, with the dead, dead cap only 2.6, I think that six, I think his cap is 16 million, something like that, maybe yeah, a little bit more right. for next year. I think that uh, it's probably still the right move to keep him around. If someone comes knocking and they're after a pass rusher to finish off their defence, then it might be interesting to just see what some teams are offering because if we can get something like a second or a third for him, then it might be worth, you said, moving on and bringing the Wusu in as, as the edge guy alongside Bosa. Yeah, no, I'd go along with that as well. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not after Melvin even getting caught. He's a good player and he's got a good partnership with uh, Bosa. And like you said, I completely agree that you can't, ne- you can never have enough pass rushers. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to keep him for one more year, he'll be 31 at the end of next season. So yeah, and then he's yeah. been a free agent anyway. So you keep him maybe. And you know, is he worth a third or a second pick in in real terms? What are you going to get back for that pick in conjunction with you know what you're going to lose? I'm not really sure, but I just thought it was an interesting one to bring up. Obviously, we, we've got a lot of players that we've I think we brought up in the past. We've got a lot of players that will need paying in the next couple of years. You know, Hunt Henry if we want to keep him around, Keenan. Uh, yeah. Hayward, Mike Williams is you know not too far away. Don James not be too far away. In that at that point, Desmond King. So you know you got you got to find these money somewhere. You know, yeah. and that could be one. Um, but no, just thought it was quite an interesting conversation, just to kind of uh, freshen up the roster a little bit. Because obviously it's not performing too well at the moment yeah. at all. Um, yeah, so that kind of wraps that up. We'll move on to your uh, trade target of the week. Obviously, your last one uh, before the trade deadline, as I said earlier. Who's your trade target of the week? Obviously, you've got to hit us with a good one. You've been on a good run. You've got to give us a good yeah, one. <laughs> trade target this week. Um, I've done a trade target to go for and then a trade target to 
move on from us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the trade target for, for me this week is uh, Andre Campbell, outside linebacker from the Falcons. Um, they've been basically, well, they did the deal with uh, the Pats. They've moved Sunu already. Yeah, um, sure. He's in the last year of his current deal, and he's getting now for $2.1 million for this year. He's pure outside linebacker in the 4-3. Um, he's super consistent tackler. Um, mm -hmm. He was uh, he's the, the, he's got the most tackles for the Falcons this year, um, and he was one of the best tacklers graded from PFF last year. Only missing one tackle every 30 attempts. So obviously we've had a lot of issues this year with um, having the right blend at linebacker. Yeah, with sure. Davis Davis not working on the outside alongside Perriman, or it's not really working with him. This this guy offers a lot more speed. Um, and tackles as well. We've had a lot, we've had so many missed tackles this year that he's um he's one of them consistent guys. You can play next to Perryman. You can let Davis go. Play at least play less snaps. Maybe certain packages this year. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the cost. I would have thought that because the Falcons they're one of the worst cap teams for next year. Um, with there's so many sides like they've had to renew. Um, I mean Ryan's on a huge deal. They've had to bring it. They've um done the Jones deal. Mm -hmm. the great yeah. Jared. Sure deal the on Jones deal so they tied a lot of their their stars up for long terms and they can't really afford anyone else I think they said they're about eight million over the cap for next year oh, wow, okay. so that's why they've already <laughs> dealt they've already dealt Sanu away mm. so you could probably get they're going to lose him anyway so you could probably get get him for a, a fifth um possibly a fourth if they're trying to they're trying to sting you so sure. I think that you you could um I think that that this that would be a good player for getting through the door and being able to pay. You could, you could use the money, cut Thomas Davis, it's not really working, and Brown, and then use that guy. And he's a pure outside guy. Mm -hmm. You put him the side to side bloke, you can play right next to Perriman, and then you can bring sort of White and Tranquil on as, as the other players from the outside uh, linebacker position and sort of switch them guys around. So I think it might would work quite well. and being used to that Dan Quinn defence, Bradley's got a similar sort of yeah, system is, that they play. Yeah, it is, definitely. So I think that it would be quite an easy transition for him. And then at least we've got a guy that stays on the field, knows his role, and he'll be able to play that position for for, for the long term, hopefully, if you try to tie him up. So that would be my trade target for uh, this week. Yeah, very nice. No, I like it. It's, you know, like I say, it's just getting younger, quicker in the linebacker position, which is obviously yeah, what we've right. been crying out for. And, you know, the Falcons, if they're sort of going to be as bad as they have been so far this season, they're going to want to rebuild. They're going to want to accrue more picks. And that's obviously part of the reason why they got rid of Sanu as well. Um, yeah. So Sanu's a good player. Everyone would probably want a wide receiver like him. He's quite sure-handed, good route runner. Um, and, yeah, you know, they're not getting rid of him because he's bad. So um, they just want more picks. And, yeah, they're probably there for the taking a little bit. So it's probably put the value down yeah. a little bit because you know you can get the guy so no I like it um, obviously you mentioned about trading someone away that was who's going out the door yeah possibly. I mean it's, it's the obvious trade away target is Melvin Gordon I mean the Chargers need to pick up the phone and start looking to move Gordon before um, the end of the season where you're probably going to lose him for free or, or swallow up the franchise tag if you're going to keep them on which I think would be a bad move yeah oh, definitely um, but the team the team to call for me would be Buffalo um they're currently at five and one. They're looking pretty good as a playoff spot. But getting Gordon into them, it would would add to the committee backfield. I know, but Gore's not getting any younger. I mean, we said we could be saying that for about eight years with Gore. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this yeah definitely. He's going to retire. <laughs> um, but 
with they've got, they've brought Singletary in. He's still a rookie. He's still trying to learn his trade. Um, I think that if you spoke to Buffalo and said, "Listen, you're on a bit of a roll. You just need me to uh, keep the run game going, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. See if you can try and get something like a 2023rd and 2021 fifth from them. Something in that ballpark. They might not want to pay it, but tr- maybe try and look at them. Um, someone like um, I mean, a lot of people have said the Texans this year, but they've they've given away too much already. Um, yeah, maybe, I uh, t- Tampa Bay as well would also be maybe looking to to acquire a running back. They've not had much luck with um, Ronald Jones and stuff. Mm. So, but I, I would definitely be tempted to try and work something out with Buffalo. I think that that deal could probably get done because they're actually looking a pretty good team this year. And if I know they've had um, they've got some half good uh, wide receivers but establishing that run game with them I think that if you've got Gordon Gore Singletary you'll be able to especially for next year uh, having Gore and Singletary to run that committee through them too would be a a good long term purchase as well as a short term for them so that would be my trade target obviously we're just trying to get something for Gordon before he leaves the door Mm. really yeah, no, I think that makes sense as well. I think his value kind of goes down every week. So obviously, his contract's short and it's closer to yeah. sort of when they could get him for free, whoever that sort of suitor may be. Um, yeah. But, you know, if someone sort of desperate wants to kind of push towards playoffs or thinks that they're sort of going to make the playoffs like Buffalo, who probably will make the playoffs at this point in time, and you know, might need someone sort of give them that extra oomph, then, yeah, they could they could look to do that. And, you know, if we get something for someone who we're going to let go, because, like you said, in your sort of rundown there, we're not going to franchise tag Melvin Gordon now. I think it'd be ridiculous if we tried that because... He'd hold yeah. out again, <laughs> and because yeah. he wants a long-term deal, he's not. It's the long-term security that he's more after rather than the actual yeah. money itself. Obviously, you don't get that with the franchise tag. Uh, so no, no, I can get along with that, especially if it's you know if we can get a third even on its own. And, you know, <laughs> just just that it gives us another option. Maybe allows Tom Tusco or whoever the GM is at the end of the season to move up in the draft and secure someone who you know we actually want rather than letting the draft come to us, which is sometimes a bit of a uh, risky game. So no, yeah, I like it. Like both of those, I could definitely get on board. Uh, so yeah, no good, good trade targets from yourself again this week. So um, yeah, then we'll just finish off by just looking towards Chicago. Um, Quickly, Lee, did you? I just wanted to bring up um, one of the uh, big points about Bosa. Yeah, um, go ahead, generally fire away. Um, it was more to do with if you would, would, would you sort of pay this price for Bosa? Like you said earlier that. You think that he might be probably the highest paid edge rusher if we tried to do the deal. Mm. I just wanted to go through what the contract would look like. Oh, sure. Yeah, one yeah of, definitely. One of the best pass rushers in the NFL. But Mac's current deal is $141 million with $90 million in guarantees. And he's got a $34 million signing bonus. So, I mean, it's, it sounds huge, but it was over a seven-year deal. Because um, mm-hmm. one of them deals was still with the Raiders and then he got a six-year deal extension with, yeah, sure. um, with, with the Bears. So if you divide the 141 over seven as equals 21 a year, which obviously just still sounds pretty horrendous, money, isn't it? <laughs> but for a player like Mac, I thought that was, I mean, it's pretty money well spent. So would you, if you think that Bosa would get a sort of similar deal at sort of 100, 100 between 130 and 150, and you're looking at a sort of five to six year extension, 100 million in guarantees, because you probably want more money in guarantees than Mac. Just because I think that we've the contracts just keep going up and up and up, so I think that whoever's whoever's next to be paid is normally the next person that's getting paid the highest deal. It's no different with the quarterbacks as how they've gone. So, would you think that that's still money well spent, even though 
um, that's a hell of a lot of money for, for Bosa. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they've got to they've got to get it done. I think there's a, there's a few reasons. Obviously, I think he's going to be the kind of the face of the franchise. Obviously, after Philip Rivers going yeah. off, I think once once Philip leaves, I think um, him and Derwin James will become kind of the face of the franchise. Um, so I think you have to lock a guy like that down. You can't afford any yeah. more bad type PR for LA. Obviously, the new stadium yeah. coming in, you can't afford to lose one of your best, or maybe your best player um, in free agency. You want to get it done early because, of, like you say, the the cap goes up. And this is kind of a two-way thing. So you've got to get it early done for one. The cap goes up anyway, so it makes it a better deal even as the, as the deal gets older, it gets better because the cap yeah. goes, grows even every year. Yeah. And from another point of view is what you kind of mentioned is that there's other players then to come up and... You know, if we look at the situation that, and this is going off on a little bit of tangent, but we find ourselves, or the, sorry, the Cowboys find themselves in their situation with Dak Prescott. Yeah. So the Cowboys have waited to get Dak's deal done, and now obviously that's quite imminent. It's going to be a huge deal, probably the biggest in the, the NFL. But if they'd done that beforehand, before Fall, uh, not Fall, sorry, before um, Wentz got done, before Goff yeah. got done, they would have got him for much cheaper because now Dak's yeah. now looking at these guys who are in the same draft class as him and. You know, they're saying, well, he's, they're getting paid all this, and I'm the, I'm the Cowboys quarterback, so I'm going to get paid more. So you have to get in before. I don't have the list of sort of the defence ends or the, the pass rushers that are coming up, but whoever's sort of the next best one of those is after Bosa or around that time. Yeah. We need to get in before that guy because otherwise Bosa's then going to raise up Gonna his more, demands. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like you need to do it. It's kind of like there's no other option it's yeah. other than doing it. And I guess you can kind of offset it because by the time that that deal's going through, I guess Philip won't be on the team anymore. So you yeah. can give your quarterback money to your red rusher and yeah. while you've got a rookie QB. Well, so yeah. it kind of offsets yeah. like that. And obviously it only becomes a problem then when that QB is five years in, four years yeah. in and needs his contract extension. Yeah. By that time, most is maybe 30-odd. A thirty-one, yeah. something like that. he's sort of Melvin Ingram's position, and then you know we're having yeah. that conversation about him in a few years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think it's it's one that you just have to get done no matter what. Almost, it's almost that whatever demands, then you kind of have to give it him because we don't want to lose a player yeah. like that. Especially exactly. to lose Ingram at almost the same time, and then you're like starting again from the edge, and then like I said, you you're losing the console on your D. So yeah, no, whatever whatever he wants, he can have in my book. Is <laughs> <laughs> that a sort of this mode of thinking that you're kind of along as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you got these sort of players. I'd rather spend, I spend rather spend big money on good elite players than sort of sort of semi big money on average players. Sure. No, definitely. I think we've tried to do that a lot of a lot of the time with you know like yeah. Tom Davis, Travis Benjamin, yeah. players that we're kind of wanting to get rid of right now. So yeah, no, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, we did and... it with. I remember one time we did it with. Him. Uh, Orlando Franklin. Yes, banked yeah. loads of money on him, absolutely loads, and it was he was just really an average right tackle. Pretty much. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. You just got to lock down your elite players when you find them. Yeah. Derwin yeah. will be the same. Derwin will become the highest paid safety. When yeah. Keenan Allen's contract comes up, we've got to pay him. It's just what you have to do. You have to keep your elite yeah. talent, especially because we don't want to start right. You know, we're having a bad season, so we'll probably have quite a high pick. But yeah. you kind of don't want to blow up the roster too much. You know, in terms of your top talent, at least. So yeah, no, definitely. Like, yeah, gotta get it done. Whatever, whatever you're asking. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, let's move on. Uh, last little segment of the podcast. Uh, just look towards Chicago, and obviously they're not playing fantastic either. I saw an ominous stat. I don't know if you saw this, but I saw an ominous stat that um, the Chicago offense hasn't generated 300 yards of passing all season. 
And when you see when you see things like that, and you see the way that our defense is playing, it's kind of like almost yeah. and you think, oh, this is it, isn't it? You know, another yeah. little, little kind of notch to go against the Chargers. But hopefully, yeah. you know, Mitch Trubisky isn't playing well. He's not playing well at all. I I was kind of a big sort of advocate of his last year, and I thought, yeah, he'll come good and things like that. It's just not happened. Um, yeah. How do you see this one going? <laughs> Dare I yeah. ask? Yeah. Um, uh, a few points I made on the Bears game, basically. Obviously, Trubisky's just coming back from his injury, so I think that uh, rushing Trubisky is going to get give him little time, getting his head a bit. That's off. so rushing him is going to be obviously really key to this. Um, get Allen more involved. I mean, he's been first few weeks he was all over the place. And I think that they need to just get some new ideas to get him the ball, get him in space. Um, as a route runner, there's a few better than him, so I think that getting him more involved any way they can mm. is is key as well. Um, him and Rivers have got one of the best best time in partnerships in the NFL, so I think they should sort of trust that more. Um, um, and then obviously uh, get this run game going. Um, I think that, that they're not really doing enough power with what we said it before, um, and they need to try and establish that to open the field up for, for the passing game. I mean, that's where the problems arise really with, mm. with this lack of running game we've got at the moment with these four yards per carry, and they're not quite using the players that they should when they should. I think that trying to get that going, even if it's not with Gordon and it's through Eckler, but we're still with what on the on the, on the pitch, then I think that there's ways and means to try and get this run game going to then it opens the opens the doors up. Because we've got weapons. I mean, it's not like we've got a bad wide receivers or a bad no, tight no, end. No, it's just not, that man. we can't we, we, at the moment we seem to be too predictable um and we're not we're not getting these match up plays where We'll get, we're isolating um, Mike Williams on someone small or getting uh, Hunter on someone uh, that's not very quick. Yeah, things like sure. that, that we need to try and be a bit more inventive with our offence. Think If we can start doing that, I think that the wins will come. It's just that what you said, we've, there's been three or four games this season where we just look so predictable and so sluggish. And I mean, the fourth quarter drive, uh, the fourth... Um, the last uh, drive in the fourth against the Titans with the, the fumble on the goal line. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. think it was that much of a... I didn't think that it was a clear recovery anyway, um, but I won't even go into that. But there was just <laughs> some sort of predictability of we know what's coming. I don't know why they didn't just put what in there and do a full-back run or yeah, something yeah. that was a little bit more right. Let's go for, there was just no sort of determination for that. But yeah, there's, there's just no... There's just, uh, no real sort of inventiveness with this offense. I think that maybe getting some new ideas will help this uh, breathe a little bit new life into the rest of the season in this Bears game. But yeah, that, I mean, we know all about the defense. It's one of the best in the NFL. So just keep the mistakes down to a minimum and try and get our defense to uh, a lot of pressure on Trubisky and hopefully things will progress. But I mean, personally, I'm not really that optimistic for this week, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I would have looked at this game uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe before the Denver game, and, and thought, yeah, this is, you know, it's one to, I mean, we did earmark it as one to win, so yeah, it's kind of difficult to kind of look at that. But, you know, Chicago aren't playing well either, so I, I remain a bit optimistic. But like you said, I think one of the main focuses of what, I, what you've just said, sorry, that I would like them to do is, like you say, mix up the running game a little bit more. Austin needs to get involved a little bit more. And I know he... He um, catches a lot of balls out of the backfield, but I'd like to see him sort of on outside runs, yeah. moving some linemen outside to run with him and run in front of him. And uh, yeah, like move move Chicago off their spot a little bit on D and make them a little yeah. bit more uncomfortable, run away from Khalil Mack, throw the ball away from Khalil Mack and 
just hadn't taken out the game a little bit because you know we look at it and I hate that we keep using them as a great example but you know the Patriots always try and neutralize the best player of the opposition and they do that so well and you need to kind of take a leaf out of that book a little bit and take the Mac out of the game and let the other 10 defenders beat you if, if that's the side of the ball that's going to beat you because I think the, the, their yeah. offense is, is I know I'm not saying our defense isn't playing great but their offense isn't really scary at all so yeah, it should be it should be an even battle, but in the way that you know two bald men fight over a comb kind of thing. I think, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, we'll remain optimistic. We'll remain optimistic. So yeah, we'll go for um, yeah. I think we'll go for a win, but um, it'll be an, it'll be a typically Chargers game where both won't be pretty. But I think yeah, I think we can I think we can scrape this one. To be honest with you, how about you? Uh, you're more optimistic than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might be falling flat on my face with that one, but. You know, Chicago aren't inspiring anyone either at the moment. And... I feel like I've jinxed the team anyway the last three weeks, so that's probably why I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> and then it's you know it's only Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers the week after. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'll uh, we'll sort of close out. Um, we'll just remind everyone to give um, give us both follow on uh, Twitter. Obviously, obviously, thank you on both. Uh, I'll try to both. Uh, hoping more than two people are listening. Thank everyone for listening uh, over the past few weeks. Um, Obviously, if you're a Chargers fan, it's probably the most positive experience. But hopefully, you can sort of laugh along with us and share our frustrations because we're obviously venting as we're sort of doing the podcast. Um, so, yeah, thanks all for listening. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is Wakefield90. Ash, if you want to give out your uh, Twitter handle. Uh, mine's uh, Tilza999. So, yeah, if you're obviously if you're a Chargers fan, give us both a follow um, and we'll sort of uh, weep together, I guess, You know, <laughs> especially if this is another loss in the bag. Uh, and then maybe we can start looking forward to the NFL draft and how we're going to rebuild this team. Anyway, on that drab note, <laughs> we'll close out. Uh, you've been listening to the first and ten po- charge podcast, so play the outro music. Mm-hmm.